Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? Oh, good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, figure we'll start this off just saying, hey, what did you think about the seedings? How'd they nail it for the Big 12? And then we'll just kind of go from there into some of the the first round matchups, I guess, and see how it plays out. Yep, sounds good to me. All right. I got a tight window here, so I'm going to get it rolling in three, two, and one. Well, it is time for some March Madness. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's always great to be here with you as uh, the NCAA tournament is here. I can't believe it. Let's now welcome on and say hello to Matthew Postens joining us on the show. Of course, uh, busy week last week for him here in Kansas City, and it's only going to get crazier, of course, with March Madness Getting underway uh, this week. And, hey, don't forget, if you're on the podcast, leave a rating, review, subscribe, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave us that rating and review. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, Matthew, let's start off just with the uh, way the bracket shook out for the Big 12 teams, the seedings. What did you make of those big picture? I think all the teams we got in, expected to get in, got in. Oklahoma, second team out, debatable. But the teams that are in, what did you think? Uh, I think overall they were probably seated appropriately. I I think the one team that might want to quibble with it is Iowa State. Uh, They were an 11 seed. Uh, They had 10 quad one wins. That's tied for the fifth most in the country. Uh, But I, I think you also look at their... I think the committee probably looked at their losing record in conference play as well. The fact that they lost in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament probably took that into consideration. But, you know, I think, you know, even being an 11 seed, I think they landed in a really interesting spot because they're playing an LSU team that just had a head coaching change during tournament week. Uh, and I think that puts them in a position where they could win a first round game for the first time in a few years. So, yeah, you can quibble with them being a 10 or a 9, but. You know, I think overall everyone is probably seated where they should be, should have been seated. And two number one seeds, of course, the question, Baylor, would they get that one seed? Kansas was a no-brainer. Uh, was it more of what Baylor had done during the regular season, or is it more about what some of the other teams competing for that one line did not do in things like conference tournaments? I think in this case it was a little bit more about what happened around Baylor, and Scott Drew kind of alluded to that after they lost on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday in the quarterfinals. He said, you know, we we feel like we're a one seed, but we're we're also going to have to wait to see what else happens around the country. And when you look at the the chaos in the ACC championship game with Virginia Tech beating Duke, and then all the chaos that happened in the SEC tournament with Texas A&M making a run all the way to the championship game. Uh, it helped knock down teams like Kentucky and Duke that might have been contending for a one seed there at the end. I think Baylor's body of work overall is a one seed body of work. Uh, they have uh, more quad win, quad one wins than just about anyone in the country. But I think some of that chaos around tournament week helped them out as well. Matthew, now as we look at uh, some of these games. Which one intrigues you the most? Just from a, a pure college basketball fan perspective, you're looking at these first-round games for the Big 12, and you're saying, okay, this, this is the one that's just the most interesting to me. Which, which game is that for you? Uh, I, I think the Seton Hall-TCU games. I love it. I don't, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was like, I hope he says TCU-Seton Hall because that was going to be my answer. I love that choice. 
Well, I just I love the fact that it's Jamie Dixon, head coach at TCU, going up against an old Big East team, and he coached in, at Pitt and in the Big East for a long time, so he knows what it's like to play in that conference. He knows what it's like to play that team. I feel like those teams, those two teams in particular, are very much mirror images of one another. The way things have played out for them this season, and you know, it's it's going to be, you know, a good old fashioned Big East kind of ball game. You know, very physical, probably low scoring, uh, and probably coming right down to the wire. And that's I think the late game on Friday night. I think it, it's really late on Friday night. I think. Uh, so it should be an interesting way to, to cap off, I think, the first round of the tournament. Yeah, it, it is. It is going to be uh, very interesting. And I think that matchup, I I just love – I mean, listen, Matthew, I think back to Jamie Dixon and his time at Pitt, obviously, um, having Big East ties myself. And it still seems weird uh, that he's coaching TCU. Totally get it. But I agree. It's going to have a great Big East feel. And I think it's important, you know, for TCU, Matthew, to kind of prove that the – the middle of the pack in the Big 12 that maybe didn't get the attention of Baylor and Kansas uh, is as good as we thought it was based on the advanced metrics. How important do you think that angle is here? Oh, well, I think it's more important, you know, for TCU. Honestly, you know, this is a program that's only been in the NCAA tournament eight times. They haven't won a tournament game in 35 years. Uh, this is a pretty important moment for them as a program. You know, from the standpoint of recruiting and improving their profile making their program a little bit more attractive to transfers. I do think that your narrative does play into that a little bit. We've talked about the difficulty of the conference top to bottom this year. Uh, It certainly would be validating for the league to see a team like a TCU or an Iowa State or even a Texas win in the first round uh, to kind of just basically say to the entire country, we've been saying that we're the best conference in the country all year. Here's the proof, at least in the first round of the tournament, if we can just sweep those six games and move on to the second round. Yeah, uh, Matthew, other kind of mid-seed teams we're looking at here for the Big 12. Texas, a six-seed versus 11, uh, Virginia Tech. I mean, this, you want to talk about low-scoring games. I mean, this may be 49 to 48 or something like that. Uh, you got a Virginia Tech team that knocked off Duke to win the ACC tournament. And I saw this little tidbit, Matthew, that I knew it was, uh, I knew 11 seeds had done well. I didn't realize how well since 2010 uh, 11 seeds are 23 and 21 against six seeds since 2010. So six seeds are more likely to be upset at this point than they are to win this game. Uh, should Texas be worried? Yeah, I think they should be worried. Uh, yeah, I think they can win that game, but we've seen throughout the season how inconsistent Texas can be. Um, you know, one game they'll have a great offensive game. The next game they'll have a poor offensive game. And, and you saw the microcosm of that against TCU in the quarterfinals. They had a, a terrific first half, built an 18-point lead, and then they just blew it um, with uh, uncharacteristically bad defense and also the fact that their offense just kind of went through the floor for about seven, eight minutes. They have these long stretches where they just cannot score points. Um, if the team that played in the first half shows up against Virginia Tech, they're going to win that game. If the team that shows up in the second half plays against Virginia Tech, they're not going to win that game. It really is that simple. And, and with Chris Beard kind of going off on his players after the game about them not having a, you know, not understanding what they needed to do in winning time, so to speak, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out on in that game against Virginia Tech because when your coach challenges you like that, the hope is that you rise to that challenge. Talking with uh, Matthew Postens here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. 
And, hey, college basketball fans, we've got a great deal right now with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers right now can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. So go bet your favorite team right now and get in, by the way. And even if Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Yeah, everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000. Simply join a pool, answer the question like, who will make it to the next round, who will hit the most three-pointers, and then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use our promo code HCS. That's HCS and bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Mm-hmm. Now, as you look at uh, Iowa State, a team that you mentioned earlier taking on LSU, I think the 6-11 game is kind of the new 12-5 game uh, based on some of the data that I've seen and some of what I just uh, read to you. But I will say this, the 5-12 matchup is still a classic upset. At least one 12 seed has defeated a 5 seed in 31 of 36 tournaments. What about the other 6-11 matchup involving the Big 12 here? This one is reversed, though. Iowa State's the 11 seed. You feeling good about that going up against a six-seed LSU that, by the way, just fired its head coach? Yeah, it, it's so weird. It's like there's very little precedent for this except Michigan in yeah. 89. When Reeder left, he didn't get fired. He left for Arizona State. Steve Fisher took over. They won a national championship. I don't think LSU is that good. But, you know, it's, it's going to be all about what team shows up for LSU, honestly. If LSU shows up and they feel like the weight has been taken off their shoulders with all this Will Wade stuff that's happened over the last couple of years, that team may feel very free to play and very free to just kind of be themselves. And that could be really dangerous for Iowa State. Um, if LSU just comes in exhausted from all this and not focused, then that's going to work out really well for Iowa State because you know their defense is going to travel up to Milwaukee for that first-round game. It's just a question of whether they can get more offense out of players like Caleb Grill and Aljus Koontz and players like that because you know Isaiah Brockington and Tyrese Hunter are going to uh, put points in the basket. You just need some of the other guys in that team to do it as well. I like Iowa State to win this game, honestly. Oh, okay. All right. That's great. Um, when you look at the other three teams from this league that made the tournament in the first round, you got the two one seeds, uh, Baylor, Norfolk State, and then Kansas uh, will play a playing game. Not will play a playing game. They will play the winner of a playing game. And Texas Tech got a three seed against Montana State. Do either of those games or any of those games worry you in the first round? No, not really. Uh, you know, we've seen, obviously, one number one seed lose in the first round. Kansas and Baylor are both in really good shape. Sounds like Kendall Brown is going to play in that first-round game for Baylor, so that helps their depth significantly. You know, as for Tech, you know, I feel like even though they lost to Kansas in the Big 12 championship game, they're, you know, they're, I think they're moving in the right direction. Their offense looked much better this past week. Their defense is continuing to be top-notch. Uh, they're healthy. You know, they've got all their depth. I, I feel like all three of those teams have a really good chance of getting to the second weekend of the tournament based on their draw and based on the way they're playing right now. So, Matthew, which one of these uh, brackets do you think is the toughest 
as you've been looking through the West, the South, the East, and the Midwest? Is there one that you think is by far the toughest and maybe the easiest of the bunch? I think Kansas's bracket is pretty tough. Midwest. Uh, you you okay. look at the, yeah, the Midwest. You look one through eight, and you know they're they're all really good teams, and they're all teams that could potentially give uh, Kansas a challenge. I I love the idea of a, a Keegan Bradley, Ochai Baji matchup in the second weekend, uh, which potentially could happen. Um, it's just it from for those first eight teams, those top eight seeds, those are all teams that I feel like actually have enough to get to the elite eight and, and really challenge one another. A lot of the brackets I've seen have uh, Kansas playing Wisconsin in the elite eight. That definitely could happen. Both of those are high quality teams, but I think Kansas is road. Once they get out of that first round game, I think they've got the most difficult road of the one seeds. Uh, in this tournament. If they get chalk and you got to play Big East champion Providence in a Sweet 16 matchup, that's that's a heck of a game right there if we get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I mean, there's a lot of intriguing possibilities here. So uh, w- when you look around the rest of this thing then, I mean, Baylor, that path, when you look at the East region, Baylor's the one, you know, Kentucky is a two. We know what they're capable of doing. Uh, Purdue sitting there as a three, UCLA is a four. Uh, what do you what do you think about Baylor's potential path as the defending champs? Yeah, I, I think they've got a pretty solid path at least to the Sweet Sixteen. I mean, it's either North Carolina or Marquette in the second round, and that would obviously be interesting with Shaka Smart being the head coach of Marquette. Yeah. Uh, I think when you get beyond that, I think um, you know UCLA is a little not quite as good as they were last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I could see a potential path for Baylor to get to the Elite Eight. It's just a matter for them of whether they can sustain their effort with only having, you know, eight, maybe nine guys to play uh, here the rest of the way, knowing that uh, I don't think L.J. Cryer is coming back. They haven't said anything about him, but, you know, he's got the soreness in his foot. He's been a game-time decision for weeks. Um, I'd be I'd be surprised at this point if he played in the NCAA tournament. So I think they're going to have to roll with eight players. And in a, an event like this where you're playing two games in three days and then you get a few days off, um, depth is everything. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you make then, uh, Matthew? I look at this uh, bracket and the Big 12, and I say from a conference perspective, got to get three to the Sweet 16. That would be Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, overwhelming, obviously, top seeds get them to the Sweet 16. If you could get – if this league could get four teams to the Sweet 16, that is an enormous success, and I think it proves without a shadow of a doubt that this was the best conference in college basketball this year. Do you feel that way, or is the, is the tournament just too much of a crapshoot to say we're going to define a season based on what happens in a couple of games in the craziness that is March Madness? Yeah, it, it, it's a little – dangerous to, to to use that as validation but at the same time when you talk to all these coaches throughout the season you know they know what they're building toward they're building toward the big 12 tournament and they're building toward trying to get into the ncaa tournament so for them starting from mid-november that, that's what all of us has been been about preparing for these three weeks so i think as a conference you know, if they were to get four teams in the sweet 16 that would be one quarter of the field for the second weekend of the tournament that would, I think that would certainly help them make a case that they were the best basketball league in the country. 
this year. Uh, I think the Big Ten, you know, they've got a lot of teams in the tournament. The Big East has a lot of quality teams in the tournament as well. Um, they could each get a couple, three into the Sweet 16. But I think the Big 12, if they could somehow squeeze a fourth team in there, uh, I think they could make a very strong case for being the best conference in basketball. And who's most likely to be that fourth team, Texas, TCU, or Iowa State? I think it's going to have to be Texas. I mean, you know, TCU would play Arizona in the second round if they win. I have a hard time seeing TCU beating Arizona. Uh, Iowa State would most likely have to play Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them, given their limitations on offense. I think Texas would have to find a way to get hot on offense. And if they do that, they could beat Virginia Tech. And then I think they could potentially uh, beat that second-round team, whoever that team might be. Purdue would be, their sec- theoretically, uh, their second-round yeah. matchup if Texas were to beat Virginia Tech. So, it's uh, boy, it's going to be interesting. Matthew, we're going to be talking a lot this week. I don't want to... I don't want to uh, throw our whole conversation out the window, but we're going to be monitoring this, especially once we get to Thursday. I'm thinking we may have a uh, you know a daily 15-minute conversation like this and just uh, see where it takes us, my man. We always appreciate you coming on, and we'll be, we'll be talking soon. Hey, no problem at all. Always good to talk to Matthew Postens. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, hit that subscribe button, by the way, on the show. We've got a lot of content coming your way this week. Tell your friends, leave a rating and a review. It'll take you 30 seconds, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do leave me a rating and a review on this show and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you guys, and don't forget about our friends at DraftKings. Our promo code HCS. Bet five, win 200 on your favorite team. Yes, 200 and free bets. You can't beat that. We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.